Here to discuss all things NRL, AFL, and anything sports related. Please give a warm Aussie g'day to the footy fanatic and America's own Corey Jackson in Outside the Sheds. Greetings, salutations, and you are back. You are back in the box, in the mosh pit of footy action. Welcome to this week's episode of Outside the Sheds. I'm your host, Corey Jackson, calling you from the bunker deep, deep down in I haven't told you where, have I? Anyway, let's move on from that point. Shedheads, a little mystery adds a little bit of excitement to life, and that's what I'm here to do. Add a little bit of excitement, build us up, get us going into the weekend. I hope everyone's excited. Shedheads, I know you guys know how to have a good time, even during the pandemic era, because it is an era now. It's been over 12 months. Uh, It's still going, and don't fool yourself. It's still going. Ask Aaron Rodgers. Um, But... Here in the bunker, it's a little bit cooler than normal outside, so your Shed Adamas is sitting here in a pair of, well, I can't, I'm going to let you think about what your Shed Adamas may be sporting as I bring this joy and excitement to your lives. But as we go into the 4020, I'm not going to get up on the soapbox and start preaching today's Shed Heads. I've done that since the season's ended. You probably have felt that your Shed Adamas may be against the ropes. He may be trying to hold on a little bit, ducking and weaving, bobbing, moving. But I'm good. I'm really good. And I've got to tell you, um, one of the things that brings the joy and excitement is every week being able to come over this platform to you, to you Shed Heads. And Hopefully, we're going to start adding some interviews coming up. Uh, I've got some ideas that I think I have in place. I know I've got to check on my brother from another mother, David Lindsay, down there and make sure Dom is doing well uh, in his bunker. I know that he's probably still uh, licking at the wounds a little bit from the eels getting as close as they were. And, you know, I know uh, Mr. Lindsay as well, even though the man keeps himself more busy than any individual I may know except for Mrs. Shedadamas. But uh, he's got a lot of platforms. I'd like for him to have a stage to tell you, Shedheads, what he's been up to. And, and um, you know, when, you, when you're the voice of Outside the Sheds, you know, and you intro the man, the myth, and the legend, which would be myself, you've got to bring the man a little bit of love back. So we'll be going in that direction, too. But let's go into the 40-20 this week. And as you can tell, we're in the downtime. But one of the good things about Rugby League... Aussie Rules Football, is we're always going to have some stories. We're going to cover a few things. As you can tell, our episodes aren't as long as they have been as we are during the season, but you're still going to get your fair share of what's happening. We're going to start back with a story that we've been kind of hitting on the last few weeks, and that's about Luke Brooks possibly departing to go from the West Tigers up to the Hunter with the Newcastle Knights. We know that, that Mitchell Pierce has already put in for his immediate release to go to Catlin's to, to continue his career over in the south of France and take over the old Jimmy Maloney role. But it sounds like it's getting closer. Even though the Tigers are telling you otherwise, they're doing the look over here as I punch you in the face over here. It sounds very, very close that Luke Brooks is going to want to go side with Kalen Ponga and whoever, Jake Clifford, whoever he wants to side with in, in the halves up in the hunter. And I think you have to look at some very, very important components and parts of this. Number one, Luke Brooks has the same agent, firm, whatever you want to say, that represents him as the coach of the Newcastle Knights. 
And that's going to make a difference. That's going to help in signings. That's going to help the two come together. It's going to help set a platform for him to make that move, especially financially, right? It's always good to have two of your biggest clients together under this under one roof to allow them to work together. That's one. Two, and the one that I'm most excited about is Jackson Hastings' boots on the ground down under, back home. And the and the, what I think that Jackson Hastings is going to provide back to the West Tigers is well, hell, anything would be uh, an improvement. We already know about this 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 this. I don't want to say dumpster fire, but why don't we say brush fire? Um, that is the West Tigers. And I do think Jackson Hastings has a point to prove. I think that a move back for him into new surroundings and a move to Luke Brooks would probably be a good thing for Luke Brooks. I think that will tell us if Luke Brooks could not get out of his own way with the West Tigers or if Luke Brooks is just not the player that some people thought that he was going to be. And I think, for me, it's the latter. I, I think Luke Brooks is an okay half, but I don't think he's an elite half. And I think this will give him a chance to prove one of us right or wrong. Um, but that is the big the big play, that I think things are going to, by the time we come back to next week's episode, I think we're going to have a lot more um, results on this on this case, on this situation that's brewing. And I think we'll probably have a little bit of finality to be able to talk about. So looking forward to seeing what this what's going to transpire here. But it's very, very exciting to see. Now, as you can guess, I, we talked about last week that there were going to be some moves coming down this week. One of the big moves that happened is uh, Eels prop Reagan Campbell Gilliard uh, is going uh, is going to stay with the Eels. And and I think that's kind of fascinating that the the the, the mustached one has kind of backflipped because it looked like he was out the door with the Eels. And, and, you know, a, full, a few destination spots had been rumbled, but it looked like they weren't going to have the money or they were going to go in a different direction, but it did not look like uh, Reagan was going to be there to continue his career. But in a backflip, he is now signed with the Eels to the end of 2025. And I think that's a big move. I think that's a good move, though. I think for both parties, uh, that the Eels need big force, big power up front, and the mustache one can provide that as long as he stays healthy. So that's a big, big backflip, and I think maybe it's showing in the direction that a lot of the uh, the, the power brokers of the Eels are coming to, um, figuring out, you know, because they've got Gutho, they've got to figure out if they're going to sign him to the extension. You know, he wants to be close to a million-dollar-a-year man um, to be the captain of the Eels. But I think this move shows you a little bit of, of, of the card that the Eels are going to play in these negotiations coming forward with some of their players. Uh, now, in, in more player movement, we know that the, the, the boys in the Shire have a new, a, a new gaffer uh, and a new coach. So you know that he's going to be making some moves. He's going to be bringing in some players. And a big player that it seems like has been moved, that a chook is leaving the hen house, is that Matt Ikevalu is coming down on a two-year deal from the Chooks, the Sydney Roosters, to play under uh, one of his former coaches or his coach at the Roosters, who's now taken on the head role for the Cronulla Sharks. It looks like it's a two-year deal. And I think that that's going to be awesome for Matt Ikevalu. I think he's been looking over his shoulder a lot. He's kind of been wondering, you know, if he's going to be in the Roosters' uh, attack for that week or if he's going to be coming off the bench. I think he's the type of player that will play 
every week as long as he stays healthy with the Cronulla Sharks. And he's proven time and time again that he is a guy that's going to produce. I'm saying you. everyone remembers the first game he had with the Roosters, he scored five tries. So you know he's got strike, you know he's got talent, and it's going to be curious and it's going to be exciting to see what he can do getting into the Cronulla, uh, you know, 17 every week. So uh, congratulations to the Sharks and Mac Ikevalu for signing that deal. Now, we talk about a lot of player movement during the offseason like this, and sometimes we talk about coaches' movement, you know, if a coach gets sacked or if a new coach gets brought in. But this is a different move, and we go back to Parramatta for this because the Eels have brought in Michael Ennis and Mary McGregor, Paul McGregor, uh, ex-coach of the St. George Illawarra Dragons, as coaching consultants. Now, we know that, that Mick Ennis had been down with, with Sticky down with the Raiders last season. Um, and, and I think, to me, to me, I'm a huge Mick Ennis fan. I think that he played with a lot of fire, a lot of tenacity. And he was one of those players that you either hated or you loved him when he played. Because he did give the niggle. He, he messed with you. He was always trying things. He was like that kid in the schoolyard that, you know... You know he didn't have good intention, but he always had a good smile to go along with it, right? You're like, okay, I know, you, I, talk, wait, wait, I, yeah, yeah, you're doing it. I know you're gonna do it. That type of stuff, right? That's McEnnis. But the thing that McEnnis provides is, is when he's on TV, he gives to me. I think besides Cooper Cronk, him and Cooper Cronk give the best insight of any players that are in the the media world and realm now. Um, McEnnis to me is the guy that I'm listening to when I think somebody's going to bring uh, straight knowledge. Uh, and like I said, I know that some people don't love McEnnis, but there's a reason he's getting paid the way he is at Fox Footy right now. And then Mary McGregor. You know Paul McGregor is loved by a lot of his players. It was tough on a lot of his players when he got sacked uh, with St. George. Uh, and as we've seen, St. George's problems weren't Paul Mary McGregor. Uh, as they continue their their, uh, how should I say, uh, plummet into the ground. Uh, we'll see if, if they, they write themselves with new movements and new players and new life coming next year. Let's just hope those boys don't go to any barbecues. So some huge, huge moves, uh, some big coach signings that I think two guys that will bring a lot uh, inside those locker rooms and on the trading paddock for the Parramatta Eels. Now, a lot of people have thought when Billy Slater got the head coaching job uh, for the Queensland Maroons that Mal Meninga might be right there coming in to provide the insight that he may quote-unquote need uh, and maybe some of the foundation and groundwork that Billy Slater might need to start getting the Maroons prepared for origin season uh, next season or in 2022. Well, it's been approved that Mal Meninga has been cleared to start working with the Queensland Rugby League again. Now, a lot of people were saying, well, isn't this a conflict of interest? You know, how can he do this as he's, you know, since he's uh, the, the national coach? You know, what, wait a second, what's going on? Well, it looks like it's come down that he's been allowed to work with the Queensland Rugby League Association, League, whatever you want to say, but with one stipulation. He is not allowed to work with Billy Slater and provide any type of help and assistance 
for the Queensland Maroons for state of origin. Now, I think that's kind of a, hmm, iffy situation. Because how are you going to have a guy like Mal Meninga, who you know bleeds maroon? Okay, most of us bleed kind of that color. But that bleeds maroon. And he's not going to have some type of input. And he's not going to be working with Billy Slater. I think that you're missing it if you think that's the case. Uh, I don't believe that is going to be 100% true. I think they'll do things that make it very tough to prove that they're working together as much as they are. But I do think it's a little funny that they're saying that and they've put that stipulation in the, the workings of whatever contract has been signed for him to go back to Queensland Rugby League. All that being said, I do think that is a key move to get Mal Meninga to be working with Queensland Rugby League again. I think it will do nothing but help uh, the, the, the grassroots of Queensland Rugby League as well as going up uh, into the quote-unquote big leagues with some of the guys and some of the organizations that are there. So congrats to Mal Meninga and Billy Slater. Uh, I mean, and, and, and Queensland Rugby League for coming together and getting this done and from the blessing of Australian Rugby League. Now, we said this was going to happen last week's episode, and it came to fruition. Tyrone Bay has officially been stood down had his contract terminated, ripped up, however you want to say it. But his tenure uh, at the foot of the Blue Mountains is over. Now, the crazy thing about this is we know that they've been looking at Tex Hoy. And we know Tex Hoy is probably going to be an upgrade from Tyrone May. But the strange thing about this story is the amount of love that Tyrone May is getting back from his Parramatta teammate. Excuse me. I'm sorry. That's probably going to start a war, right? I'm sorry about that. His Penrith teammates um, from some of the big Penrith teammates. Uh, Nathan Cleary has come out strongly saying that I'm with you, brother. Uh, and and I don't think this is this is like I said, where you get a conflict of interest when you got a head coach whose son is the best player on the team. But Nathan Cleary was very vocal uh, in his post about how much he was on Team May, and and the boys love Tyrone May. So this is going to be interesting. Uh, and there's talk that Penrith is going to maybe put gag orders on players, not letting them talk about certain issues and stories, which is going to be tough to do in this day and age of social media and all. But I do think it's really, really interesting how much Tyrone May is liked inside those sheds, but that they made the move to move him on. Uh, and let me say, I am not feeling sorry for Tyrone May. He has brought a lot of this upon himself uh, with his off-field indiscretion and, and, again, it being brought back up with why he's in trouble now. Um, but I do think that it's interesting when you have players that feel so strongly about a man or a, a fellow teammate and the organization going the other way, what that could do uh, festering later on down the track with players in buy-in. So... Tyrone May, like we thought was going to happen, it happened. But like I said, very, very funny, the, the, the responses for some of his teammates. And it's interesting for me to see how this goes forward. So we'll have to, be, we'll have to watch that and see what's going on. Now, you know I'm going to give my love to my brothers and sisters in the UK. Uh, we're going to talk a little Super League every now and then whenever we can. And especially if it's big stories like this. And we've got a couple. Because Luke Gale is signed a deal to move to Hull FC. 
Now, why this might mean something to some of you is because a lot of you guys remember that the ultimate grub, Josh Reynolds, is over with Hull SC right now. Even though he got injured last season, he is planning to be back in the halves next year for Hull FC. So they're thinking that 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 Luke Gale is going to line up in the halves with Josh Reynolds and fullback Jake Connor, and they're pretty excited about that spine. And if you look at it and what you know, it, what Josh Reynolds can do when he's at his running best, and we'll see what happens because he he is down with knee injury right now. And then Luke Gale, what he provides, and we've seen that he's had some strike over the last couple of years. I'm saying with Leeds, uh, with Castleford. It's going to be interesting to see if they can get this spine back intact. Because I think if these guys can stay healthy, Hull FC could be a threat next year. There's a lot of movement that's going on with Wigan. Uh, St. Helens is losing a couple key components in Nagama. Um you know, it's going to be interesting. And we saw that Hull look pretty damn close last year to doing some pretty dangerous uh, and respectful things uh, in the Super League in the in the uh, playoffs. So we'll have to wait and see. But I think that's an incredible spine if these guys can get healthy and stay healthy through a lot of the season. Uh, and then finally, speaking of Hull, we're going to continue with a player that is now leaving there, but a player that's going home. And I think that's always huge when you hear about players that are quote-unquote going home. And this is what we have in this story because Mark Sneed is going home. Mark Sneed started his career in 2010 with the Salford Red Devils. And starting in 22, he will be back with the Salford Red Devils, leaving Hull FC and signing a three-year deal to be a Red Devil again. Uh, And I think whenever a player can say that he's going home, it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. I know that Sulphur needs him just as much as he needs a club that believes in him uh, that will allow him to play the, his brand of footy. And, you know, Mark Sneed by no means is an imposing force on the field, but he's got that magic touch. And he might be just what Sulphur needs to kind of navigate through these, these times right now with the club. So congratulations to Mark Sneed. And I, like I said, will always, always push a story when a player goes home. Now, let's switch over to our other code uh, that we love, and that is the AFL, Aussie Rules Football, some footy action. And let's go on the mark here. And unfortunately, we've got a couple of stories here that, that you know, are not great stories. We're going to start with a honoring someone first off, because I want to definitely honor uh, Russell Ebert and... He played, and he's a legend, in the SANFL and with Port Adelaide. And he passed away at the age of 72 after a battle with acute myeloid leukemia. And, you know, I I think all of us have had cancer touch our lives in one way or the other, no matter if it's a family member, a close friend, um, or, unfortunately, if you have to say it, a battle yourself with this dreaded disease. I've told you... I've kind of got deep about a little bit of my history uh, over the last couple of episodes of Outside the Sheds. And, you know, cancer, one good thing you can say about cancer, it doesn't care what race you are, what religion you are, how tall you are, how skinny you are, how overweight you are, it doesn't care. Cancer just is cancer. 
And um, it's it's sad to see a great. I'm saying he he had this battle for over a year, um, and again he succumbed to it. But that doesn't mean that we can't honor a man for what he did while he was on this plane in this area of life and existence. Uh, Russell played 392 games for for the Port Adelaide Magpies uh, under the prison bars of the Magpies and won three SANFL premierships. He is a legend in the South Australian Sports Hall of Fame and a great of the game. And I don't think a lot of people understand how important the game of, of Aussie rules football is in South Australia. Uh, I am blessed to have said, I've told you this before, that I've got to spend some time down there. I've seen Port Adelaide play uh, live. I've not seen them play at their Field of Dreams, uh, but I did see them up at this at, at the SCG. But, you know, when you lose a great to the game like that, it's, uh, it's always tough. It's always tough. But um, I want to say um, Godspeed and thank you for your contributions to South Australia, footy and sports all together. And uh, like I said, you'll be remembered, Russell Ebert. Um, now, speaking of other movement, and I didn't even plan on talking about this right now, but I totally forgot. But another Port Adelaide player that was good, will go down as one of the most favorite players uh, in Port Adelaide's recent history, um, Heimish Hartlett, has signed a deal to play for the Bloods. Uh, in for West Austro Western Western Adelaide or West Adelaide, the Bloods, the Bloods, and I actually have a Bloods Guernsey and a couple T-shirts and a hat. Uh, when I was down in Adelaide, I had to make sure that I did a little bit of research and got to look at the paddock a little bit. Um, so it's good to see Hamish Hartlett. I, I, you know, it was sad to see the way that he didn't get to play in the finals for Port Adelaide. I know how much he loves the club, but that he's going to continue playing footy. I think that is really, really cool, uh, and I definitely will be paying attention to the Bloods pages to see how he's doing as well. So congratulations for him to finding a home and 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 knowing that he's going to be able to continue doing what he loves to do. Now, let me take a deep breath, because this next story is one that uh, it, it rubs me wrong. It doesn't make me happy, uh, and you'll see why. But as all of you know, especially... All of you who follow the AFL, talent does not mean you're a good person. Being an all-star on the field doesn't mean that you're far from an all-star off of the field. And this, the reason I start this way is because I'm getting ready to talk about the Jordan Degoe story. And Jordan Degoe was arrested, which all of us know, from an, from an incident that happened at a bar in New York City where he, let's say, had a forcible touching offense against a 34, excuse me, 35-year-old woman. Now, those charges have been dropped, but they don't get filed originally unless something happened. Okay, folks? They happened. They just are not going to, how should I say, uh, bring further charges. And then assault and harassment by punching and kicking a 37-year-old man who it sounds like was a friend for this woman. Now, I said something, and I actually left a post 
on a, it might have been either Nine News or, or Fox Footy, where I said, living in America, because Mr. Degui, Jordan Degui, has hired the same law firm that Harvey Weinstein, the sexual predator, the big Hollywood mogul, hired for all his multiple, 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 and I probably could keep saying that for a while, offenses that he did against ladies and people in Hollywood. You don't hire a law firm agency that represents people like this unless you're going to find angles and ways to get out of it. Because don't forget, Harvey Weinstein did not get indicted on all the offenses and charges that were brought against him. But 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 it doesn't change the fact that Harvey Weinstein is still a dirtbag and still did horrible things to people. Even though not every single one of those charges stuck to him, it doesn't mean that he did not do them. You understand, shedheads? That doesn't mean a person doesn't do anything just because charges were not, charges were dropped. And I said this on the thing, you have to understand the legal system over here. Jordan Degui has a lot of money. For a, for, a, for a man his age, he has a lot of money. And when you have money, you have the ability to make things go away, right? All of us have watched mob movies. All of us have watched the greasing of the palm. All of us have watched situations where people of power and people of money make things disappear. The only thing they don't say is Olay. Or they don't put white gloves on and, and, and tap the stick two times on the hat and do a bunch of swirly things and go, uh, Alakazam, and it goes away, right? They don't do that. They have a person or a legal firm approach a certain individual and negotiate. Talk about what they maybe remember or don't remember. And then it's kind of funny all of a sudden, you know, if they do a little under the table flashing of dollar signs or the checkbook gets broken off, how all of a sudden people stop, I don't really remember as well what might have happened. Or, eh, you know what, I, you know, at this time in my life, I really don't feel like I want to go forward with this case. It's fascinating to me. It's disgusting to me as well. It's disgusting to me as well is because what happens here is these people get off and they don't really get taught a lesson. Proof of this is, remember, Jordan is over in America, over here in the States, in California, saying he's putting his hardest training regime into effect. So when he goes back to Collingwood for this coming season, he's going to be elite, all right? And we know Jordan loves to take his shirt off to show all of his ink. He looks incredible shape, right? He looks incredible shape. But this just happened, and they just posted, somebody just posted, he's back in California riding mountain bikes again, right? Okay, that's cool. Because he, he's got to appear back in court on December 8th. Now, Jordan has been stood down by, by the Collingwood Football Club, which the AFL is, is very, very much applauding this but Jordan Goey is back he doesn't have an anklet on his ankle he's not he doesn't have a uh, a, a, 
a red badge or a, a scarlet letter on any shirt that he wears saying, watch out for this guy. He's back in California just being able to be him, right? And we have to remember, as I look, in June of 2015, he also had a charge dropped for a claim of indecent assault. Hmm. Shedheads, I'm going to say something. And, and if, you're, if you don't pick up or you don't, if you can't stay with me, that's okay. Not everyone can be a team captain. Not everyone can look outside the box. Not everyone can lead a horse to water. Well, we can lead you, but that doesn't mean you're going to drink, right? When you have multiple cases, all right? And I'll start thinking about all my friends right now, okay? I'm not going to say all their names right now. But you've heard me talk to some of them. You know what's funny about all these guys? Not one of them have one charge to their names. Not any of them have one charge for anything, quote unquote, indecent or forcible or assault. None of them have that. Your Shed Adamus has none of that. He's been pulled over for, you know, other things, maybe maybe a little bit heavy on the on the accelerator, uh, maybe maybe not having his his uh, you know uh, well you know little things, but nothing that has ever made me dangerous to society, not respecting a female's body, or made me think I'm above the law. Okay. I said it when I made this post, and like I said, you can look it up on one of these things. It's a great picture of Jordan DeGooey looking down like he's ashamed. But Jordan DeGooey is living his best Jordan DeGooey life right now. And what Collingwood is hoping is that everything gets dropped. Like I said, he's only got one other thing to beat now. And then he can come back and put on the prison bars and run back for another season with the Collingwood Magpies. Now, I think it is funny that he will be playing in prison bars. Hmm. I, I don't think we're going to get any foreshadowing of him actually actually seeing behind. Wait a second. He did have to see behind prison bars because he was arrested. So it might this uniform might fit him this coming season. But I'm going to go back to one thing. A skunk may not spray you, but a skunk is a skunk. Okay. And when things happen again to that skunk, even though he didn't spray you, he will spray again. Because he's a skunk. He's a skunk. It's funny, they are black and white too. Anyway, um, Jordan Ngoi, no matter if you're a fan of his, and, and that's the thing, you can be a fan of his. He's an incredible player. He's an incredible player. But he's not a good guy. He's not a good guy because you don't keep doing things like this and think that you're going to just be able to get away with it unless you've got some issues you need to contend with with yourself. And I can't tell you what those things are because I don't know Jordan Ngui. I just can tell you by the things that I'm reading, I don't want Jordan Ngui around anybody that I really like, especially if, I'm, if they're in the female persuasion. So, AFL, Collingwood Football Club, 
especially the AFL, we know you stand for something because you're putting your foot down in things that I think are very, very important when it comes to vaccines and mandates and 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 making players follow a certain a certain uh, standard. When you you better look at the standard you have by letting multiple offenders dropped or not dropped be the face of organizations and teams. And Collingwood, we don't even need to go into you guys right now because you've got so many situations that you're dealing with trying to look good again from from new coaches to to uh, to to this key members in your ownership groups, your leadership groups, people being terminated, moved on. Collingwood, you got to look at yourself. And that's why, truthfully, I don't think Jordan Ngoi will be playing past this season with Collingwood. His his contract is up at the end of this season. And I think that he plays one last year with Collingwood, maybe. I'm saying he may live out his contract. But I don't think he will be brought back to the club again. Uh, and it will be interesting to see if anybody else gives him a lifeline. But as we know in sports... If you can do something for me and make me look good, we're going to take you up on that. But I hope everybody remembers, and I leave after I leave this story right now, for you to remember and to know, just because charges are dropped does not mean they did not happen. Welcome to America and welcome to our legal system. We've got a lot of people that are high-ranking that probably should be behind bars right now but have a lot of money, if you know what I mean. So, last story on the mark. Controversial Hawthorne president, Jeff Kent. Another controversial figure. Is It looks like he's being pushed out by members. That there's pressure that they want him out. And it looks like he is set to leave and depart before his contract, which goes until December of 2023, plays out. Now, there hasn't been any timetable given how soon... Uh, Jeff is going to be leaving. Mr. Kent will be moving on. But I, I really think uh, that, that, that Hawthorne is really, they're kind of in that gray area of right now what's going on with the Hawks. From Alistair Clarkson leaving, when a lot of people feel that Alistair Clarkson had no business leaving, to now the president of the team uh, being pushed out by members. I don't know if this has upset members because of the way that Alistair Clarkson was dealt with. I don't know. But I know for an organization that you haven't heard a lot of bad things from, it's very interesting that these things are now occurring over and over and over again. And we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I have a lot of uh, respect for Hawthorne. Uh, and I can't see a club that couldn't clean themselves up and get themselves going the right direction more. But this is going to be a very interesting two, I would say, two-year stretch that they've got going. Because I think next year, 2023, Alistair Clarkson will be back on the bench somewhere coaching. And you better hope he doesn't go right back to being a winner like he's proven that he is. Or there's going to be some real rumblings at Hawthorne. So, interesting, interesting story. And uh, I think that that's going to be something we're going to be talking about in the coming weeks here on Outside the Sheds and in on the mark so let's go outside the bubble and boy do we have stories there and i don't even know where i should start let's start positive the atlanta braves the tomahawk chop i know some people hate it 
I know it's been with the Braves forever. That doesn't mean that it's right, right? Um, but the Atlanta Braves beating the Cheatstros, I mean the, uh, excuse me, Houston Astros in six games and winning their first major league championship, pennant, whatever you want to say, since 1995. Shedheads, I know some of you weren't even alive the last time the Bravos won their last pennant, but they've done it. And a city that has been known for choking, not winning from the Georgia Bulldogs to the Atlanta Falcons letting Tom Brady somehow track them down from a lead they should have never given up. Two voter fraud situations that were never voter fraud situations in the state of Georgia. So Georgia, oh, oh I'm sorry, and 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 the Georgia Bulldogs somehow, again, did I state this, letting Alabama rip a championship away from them too. So it was very good to see the Atlanta Braves win. I know a lot of people still don't think highly of the state of Georgia and Atlanta after some of the voter uh, things that they're trying to implement right now for cheating that never happened. Uh, but again, you, you know, the South is going to South. The GOP is always going to lead them. And the Atlanta Braves can be champions again, which they are. So congratulations to the Atlanta Braves for doing something. It was good to see Fred, Freddie Freeman get a championship uh, probably probably in his last year with the Atlanta Braves. Um, but that is where we're going to start positive, okay? There's positive. Now, I don't know. We're going we're gonna to break down stages right now of not goodness. And the first stage of not goodness we'll have is Odell Beckham Jr., OBJ, finally forcing his way out of Cleveland. And over the last few hours, it has been confirmed that the Cleveland Browns have released OBJ. Beckham Jr. is now able to sign with another club, another organization. And the question is, do you really think you're going to get OBJ from his tenure with the New York Giants? Or you're going to get a temperamental diva who's caught 17 balls all season with the Cleveland Browns? Yes, I know he's been injured. But the guy has been more diva than he has been NFL wide receiver. Now, his departure from Cleveland is everybody's fault. From the head coach to Baker Mayfield to OBJ, they're all guilty. They're all guilty in their own way, but they're all, they're all guilty. And we have to understand that. They are all guilty. They just are. But again, Baker Mayfield's production goes up when OBJ's not on the field. That is not a good sign for a star wide receiver. And there's already been rumblings that the Saints are looking at him, the Patriots are looking at him, that are a bunch of places are looking at him. Seattle Seahawks are looking at him. But I'm going to ask you this question. Is his receptions and his non-lack of storing touchdowns lately worth you taking in a guy who's burned bridges over his last two stops? Do you really want that type of... Because I'm going to tell you right now, you cannot bring OBJ into the Seattle Seahawks when you already have a a wide receiver that I feel doesn't get the ball anywhere close to as much as he should. 
the 1-4 up in Seattle does not need the 1-3 to be running around there too. Not a good fit. And then the Saints. Are you really going to bring in OBJ down for the New Orleans Saints and put him with two quarterbacks now that Jameis Winston has blown his ACL and is done for the rest of the season? Who, Taysom Hill is not, how should I say, a sharpshooter throwing the ball. And Trevor Simeon, I don't know what we're going to get. He was an okay quarterback back at Northwestern where he played his college ball. Okay, all right, that's cool. He was okay when he played for the Denver Broncos. But does anybody think that Trevor Simeon is a Super Bowl winning quarterback, which he's going to have to be with the pieces that he has in place for the New Orleans Saints? And for a guy who is, I, I can't say Trevor, I can't see Trevor Simeon being the alpha in the Saints locker room right now. And you're going to bring in a larger than life character like OBJ, who's just going to assimilate into that Saints locker room and not going to go to, this is the same guy when the LSU Tigers won their national championship, started making it rain in the locker room, passing out hundos. And is now banned from campus right now with LSU. I don't know if that's what I want in my locker room. I think the best way, or best place for him to go is the New England Patriots. Now the question is, can he follow the hoodie's instruction? Because I'm going to tell you something. If he doesn't, the hoodie will say, hit the effing bricks, pal. Get out. But he could be a key component for Matt Jones in that offense if he got up there. So for me, the best fit for him to have a resurgence in a career would be the Patriots. But the question is, can OBJ just become a New England man and not be the diva that he's been the last few years? Interesting. And it's going to be fun to watch where he signs and it's going to be fun to see what happens. It's also going to be interesting to see how Baker Mayfield plays in a must-win game this weekend against the Cincinnati Bengals when he doesn't have a distraction like OBJ. Going to be very, very interesting. And, and Shedheads, that's why we love sports. We're going to watch it. Now, the final story that I am going to go on today, outside the bubble. And how do I say this? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Shedheads, here's what I don't put up with well. And that is liars. One. Two, narcissists. And three, people who think they're smarter than everybody else in the room. People who think they can play the word game enough that... Hey, I pulled the wool over their eyes. They don't even know what I said. Okay? Now, Aaron Rodgers is a very, very smart individual. I followed Aaron Rodgers since he was at Cal. Okay? Aaron Rodgers has always been very outspoken. Aaron Rodgers never had a problem ever speaking his mind. Aaron Rodgers, as a, a junior, I think he was. I don't think he was a senior. I think he came out one year early. At Cal, took Mac Brown head coach of the Texas, and went and tried to go toe-to-toe with him. 
about who should be going to the Rose Bowl and who shouldn't be going to the Rose Bowl, and that Mac should stop standing up there and 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 raising a flag and raising the sign up for his University of Texas, and needs to just be quiet. That's Aaron Rodgers. That is 20, 21-year-old Aaron Rodgers, by the way. So the man has never had a problem speaking his mind. I think he's very very polarizing, too. I'm saying he has a, a strained relationship with his parents and his brother, who also played for Jordan, who played for the Vanderbilt Commodores, and now works in the booth for the SEC Network, right? So I don't think Aaron Rodgers is the easiest guy to get a, along with. Right? But it makes you kind of look back in this offseason why the Packers might have been ready to move on. That they might have just got tired. Maybe, maybe Aaron Rodgers is getting even more curmudgeonly as he gets older. Right? Now, he did have a hell of a Halloween costume looking like John Wick. All right? He got that down pat. He got that down pat. So, kudos to you there, Aaron Rodgers. But... Him starting the season by saying that he is, uh, how should I say, he's immunized. I'm immunized. Well, most people don't know what immunized means. Immunized does not mean that you've been vaccinated, first off. That's a quick word to say, I, you know, you've been immunized if you've had COVID because you've got the genes in you now. You've got, you've got the virus in you. You've have, it's, it's been in your body. Right? That's immunization. And and we also now find out that he was petitioning to the league to do a another version of vaccination that he feels is best for him. Again, we go back to that card for him. A narcissist. About me. It's about me. Shedheads, I hate to tell you this. Aaron Rodgers doesn't care about you. He doesn't care about me. He doesn't care about the Packers fan base. He doesn't care about anybody else but Aaron Rodgers. And what's best for Aaron Rodgers. A guy that's like that is not going to get vaccinated. But here we go. Aaron Rodgers. Test positive for COVID. Going to be out of the biggest game of the week. Chiefs, Packers, Arrowhead. Be there Sunday. And then he goes into hiding. He goes into hiding until he reappears back on a show where, once again, Aaron Rodgers picks where he goes to every week. And hey, I've got no problem with players conducting and controlling their own life. But Aaron Rodgers came out on a said show and said, you know, I didn't lie to anybody. If they would ask me a follow-up question after I said I had been immunized, I would have told them what that meant, that I haven't been vaccinated. Well, if that's the case, why didn't you just say that you hadn't been vaccinated? That's easy enough. You know I haven't been vaccinated. But you know why you don't do that? Because then, as a narcissist, you cannot play by the rules. You don't have to, you're not wearing masks on the sidelines when people like Carson Wentz, who is not vaccinated as well, follows the league mandate, wearing a mask at press conferences, wearing a mask on the sideline. He hands his trainer his helmet and his trainer hands him a mask. That's Carson Wentz. 
Is he the anywhere close to the player of Aaron Rodgers? No. But does that mean that you are able to not follow the law and the precedent that has been set? Aaron Rodgers hasn't been wearing a mask on the during the preseason games where it states in the NFL doctrine, if you are not suited up and you are not going to play that day and in that game, you have to be masked if you're on the sideline. Aaron Rodgers out there throwing down and outs, 10-yard dig routes, uh, in a baseball cap and in his soon-to-be John Wick costume for the for the for for Halloween, no mask in sight. He's done multiple interviews, including the one he did with Aaron Andrews recently uh, after the game where they they won. No mask, giving high fives. No mask on the sidelines. NFL. Here's my problem. There's always going to be narcissists. Look at the last four years of my country. There's always going to be narcissists. My problem is, if you are a league that stands for anything, you have to be fair to everyone. And everyone has to follow the rules. That is the problem that you've shown. From your officiating of, what it's a, it's a pass interference call for one guy, not for another guy. It's a roughing passer call for Tom Brady if somebody sneezes on him. But we can throw Patrick Mahomes out of bounds and it's not a passer. It's not a rough in the passer. Your shadiness in these calls. Your shadiness in the way you'll implement things. Your shadiness in not revealing the 65,000 text messages and emails from the Washington football team investigation. Shadiness. You didn't want to poke the tiger. You didn't want to make your little golden boy, Aaron Rodgers, upset. So you didn't impose anything. And now you're going, well, you know, it's the Packers. Uh, <clears throat> it's the Packers' uh, responsibility to, um, you know, bring down that stuff on their bullshit. Mm. See how I caught myself? I almost dropped one, didn't I? You have to admit, I've been pretty good about not cursing on outside. I think I've done it one episode. I've, I've, I've cursed. It's BS, shitheads. The NFL does not want to make their stars angry. And they don't care about anybody else. But if that's a league, do you really believe anything they say? When you have Roger Goodell making $128 million. $128 million to quote unquote keep the fat cats happy. They're not about fair. If they were about fair, Colin Kaepernick would be on the sidelines somewhere playing football in the NFL. Just saying. If Joe Flacco can still get work, what do you think Colin Kaepernick could get? And a lot of people say that the NFL stands for not fun league. I think it stands for not fair league. Because it's not fair. It's not transparent. They don't care about you. They don't care about me. Jerry Jones only cares about how many $75 pizzas he sells up there at, at, at uh, uh, Cowboy Stadium and how many jerseys and hoodies you buy. Jerry, that's what Jerry Jones cares about. He doesn't care about a stand. Uh, let's all walk out to the 50 and inter, um, interlock arms and then take one knee and then this knee thing is all done, okay? Let's do that, okay? All right, let's go. That's what they, they don't care about social issue. They do enough to appease to make you seem like they, eh, okay. No, 
And this goes back to Aaron Rodgers. If if Cam Newton tried to do the stuff that Aaron Rodgers did, he would be public enemy number one. People would be screaming about him. It would be leading every news story. Cam Newton has not been following protocol. Cam Newton has not. Cam, I, 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 yeah, that's what would be happening. But it's Aaron Rodgers. He looks like what they want the leader of a team. Okay, maybe a haircut and a, and a shave. But there you go. He's corporate America, right? I tell the NFL to do better, but it won't. I tell the NFL to do better or 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 stand for something, but they won't. It is a league that thinks, it is a league that's a narcissist. And they supported and protected another narcissist. That's what happened. And that is what's going on right now in your national football, I mean, uh, 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 fair, I mean, uh, 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 league. And Aaron Rodgers, you coming out and saying that these vaccines, there's a bad RNA in there that I'm allergic to. And I can only take Johnson and Johnson because they don't have that RNA. But then you're BSing there too because what do you follow up saying after that? Well, there just hasn't been enough long-term studies uh, about fatherhood because you know the next stage of my life is to being a father and I would hate for these these Rogers genes, since I know so much about family, these Rogers genes not to be able to be passed along, you know, because I want to be a father next. And I, I'd hate for this vi- for this vaccine to make me sterile, or I'd hate for this vaccine to maybe make my, my kid not be able to throw a 20-yard out. I'd hate that arm to be affected by the vac- Get over yourself. Get over yourself. Go, go host Jeopardy and try to carry Trebek's jock. Get over yourself. Last time I checked, there's a lot of people who've taken the jab that are getting ready to be fathers right now during this pandemic. Because you know what? We're stuck inside. What? I, well, I better be careful how I say this. Maybe me and the missus, that's what we want to do is do a little bit of wrestling. Oops. Or, yay! we got someone expect. Guess what? A lot of people have taken the needle... And are going to be fathers. And I have not seen any cases of people that have gotten the jab, had a kid, and he's come out with horns or wearing Vikings gear. I haven't seen it. So please stop. Say you don't want to be vaccinated. You don't have to even say that you follow, you, that you're a QAnon or Trump decide. You don't have to say any of that stuff. You don't have to say you're GOP. You don't have to say any of it. Just say I'm not vaccinated. And follow protocol. Because you're not bigger than the game. Be that or move on. Go do what you go. Go be your father. You've got your new Hollywood girl. Go be your father. Hit the bricks. As Baldwin would say. Hit the bricks, pal. But stop lying. Stop trying to play words. Enough already, okay? Be a leader. Lead by example. And let's get it over with. But enough. I'm done, Shedheads. That's enough. My ankle was getting sore, uh, jumping up and down, doing lunges on that soapbox. But that's going to bring this episode of Outside the Sheds to a close. 
I've made my social stances. I've told you what, what, about what's going on down under, uh, across the ditch, uh, in the UK. We've covered it all. I'm not going to put on a bathrobe after I get done with this. Not going to. But that's for you to guess what I'm going to wear next. But Shedheads, until next week, you've been listening to Outside the Sheds. I am your Shed Adamus, your controversial leader of destruction. Until next week, please stay out of trouble or don't get caught. And don't tell people that you've been immunized. But until that time, see ya! And that was another fantastic episode of Outside the Sheds with Corey Jackson talking all things NRL, AFL, and all things sports. So please remember to smash the subscribe button and share this with your family and friends and show them what Australian sport is all about.